This is vulvar cancer part two. Okay, let's begin part two by talking about just an overview of treatment for vulvar cancer. Predominantly, we're talking here about squamous cell. So in early stage disease, stage one or two, remember that is, um, stage one is our tumor is confined to the vulva. Stage two is involvement of the lower third of the urethra, vagina, and anus with negative lymph nodes. In early stage, definitive surgical excision and adjuvant treatment based on the findings of pathology are what's usually recommended. In cases of locally advanced disease, stage 3 and 4A, now remember 3 is node positive disease, and 4A is the presence of disease in the two upper two-thirds of urethra, vagina, bladder mucosa, rectal mucosa, pelvic bone fixation, or fixed or ulcerated regional lymph nodes. So in cases like that, surgical therapy is preferred if it's feasible, but if the patient's not a surgical candidate, you would consider primary chemoradiotherapy. And if there were a CR observed on biopsies after completing this, you could observe. If there was a partial response, you would offer surgical excision of any residual disease, but if they were not a surgical candidate, you could offer additional pelvic radiotherapy with or without chemotherapy or best supportive care slash palliation. You consider adjuvant therapy in any patient with vulvar cancer whose tumors are greater than four centimeters, if they have positive lymph nodes, if there's the presence of LVI, or if the margins are either positive or close, and close is defined as within eight millimeters. Surgery following chemoradiotherapy, really there's only limited data on whether or not this would influence overall survival. The vast majority of these data show the feasibility of resectability or the CR slash PR rate, which is not an oncologic survival outcome, more of a short-term, more practical outcome. When you have distant metastatic disease, stage 4B, this also includes pelvic lymph node positivity. Usually you're going to um, offer systemic treatment, maybe chemoradiotherapy, if particular situations um, call for that. Other things to note um, that are considered negative risk factors would be more than two microscopically positive lymph nodes, or one grossly uh, grossly positive lymph node with a metas met over two millimeters, extracapsular spread, so 3C disease, depth of invasion over five millimeters, tumors greater than four, LVI, close margins, or even the pattern of, in- of invasion, spray versus diffuse. How you will approach surgery will largely depend on the size of the cancer and how far the disease extends. If it's a T1 lesion, radical local excision is preferred. If it's a T2 lesion, you would opt for a modified radical vulvectomy. Lesions larger than this are largely treated with chemoradiation therapy, 
with selective surgery to resect the primary site to ensure a complete response. When talking about T1, T2, and T3, T1 lesions indicate no extension to adjacent structures, such as urethra, vagina, or anus. T2 lesions extend to adjacent perineal structures, like urethra, vagina, and anus. And T3 lesions will extend to the upper two-thirds of urethra, vagina, bladder, rectum, or affixed to the pelvic bone. If you have a T1 lesion, early stage, less than a millimeter depth of invasion, you would offer wide local excision. If the depth of invasion was over a millimeter, you would offer radical local excision or modified rad vulvectomy with positive with groin lymph node dissection. If your margins were positive or close at the final pathology, you could discuss re-excision if it was feasible with your patient, but if your patient did not want to undergo repeat surgery, you could discuss adjuvant RT. In one particular study that looked at this, albeit an older study, recurrence rate in a close margin was 50% compared with 0% if the margin was greater than 8 millimeters. This was the HEAPS paper from 1990. In general, a 2 centimeter margin is preferred when feasible, minimum 1, one centimeter so that upon fixation it is 8 millimeters or greater. When looking at NCCN guidelines for early stage vulvar cancer, again, 1A, less than a millimeter invasion, wide local resection followed by observation is reasonable. 1B lesion, so 2 centimeters and greater, greater than a millimeter of invasion, If it was a lateral lesion, so two centimeters or more from the midline, a radical local resection or modified radical vulvectomy would be performed with ipsilateral groin node evaluation and sentinel lymph node um, would be a reasonable option versus um, ipsilateral inguinal lymph node dissection. If the lesion was midline within two centimeters, then a radical local resection or modified radical vulvectomy would be performed with bilateral groin evaluation, which could be done with sentinel lymph nodes or inguinal femoral groin dissection. If the margins are negative, you can observe um, in 1A lesions or provide pelvic RT if there are additional risk factors, such as maybe tumor size, LVI, etc., If the margins are positive, you can offer re-excision to negative margins. If the margins are either unresectable or persistently positive, then you would discuss adjuvant pelvic radiotherapy.
Vulvar excision historically was an unblocked vulvectomy with bilateral groins all done through a butterfly incision. But now we do a radical local excision called partial vulvectomy, radical hemivalvectomy, or modified radical vulvectomy, all kind of the same. Resection of the primary tumor with 1 to 2 centimeter clinical margins laterally down to the perineal membrane, also known as deep fascia of the urogenital diaphragm, is um, what is recommended. This can be done unilaterally in the vast majority of cases. You need to assume shrinkage of normal tissue margins um, as a result of fixation, which would reduce your margin from fresh to fixed by about 20%. It's also important to note that this migration from radical surgery through butterfly incision on block to hemivulvectomies um, is supported in retrospective literature. One particular study of over 100 women showed no difference in disease-free survival rates at five years in women who had the more um, radical surgery versus um, the hemivulvectomy or modified radical vulvectomy with five-year survival between 93 and 98%. The standard approach to node evaluation is inguinal femoral lymph node dissection, where you remove superficial and deep lymph nodes. Historically, pelvic nodes were removed, but this didn't have any diagnostic benefits or therapeutic benefits, and so was abandoned. It was also studied to see if superficial nodes could be dissected without the deep nodes, um, but that doesn't appear to be as effective in vulvar cancer. It's important to note, however, that inguinal femoral lymph node dissection has a very high morbidity rate, and that's where the shift to unilateral dissection was made whenever possible, and that sentinel lymph nodes uh, were, were investigated to help reduce the risk of complications, which are estimated around 75% for wound breakdown, infection, lymphedema, cellulitis, and injury. We know palpation of groin is inadequate. Um, patients who have no enlarged groin nodes could have up to 30% of clinically occult metastasis. In contrast, up to 40% of clinically enlarged nodes could be negative at final path. So we know that um, surgical evaluation of nodes is important. For women who have, don't have palpable groin nodes on exam, lymph node dissection is performed except in 1A cases where lymph node metastasis are rare, less than 1%. But stages 1B and greater, 1B to 2, you do perform inguinal femoral lymph node evaluation because the risk of a lymph node metastasis is 8% and higher. You can perform unilateral lymph node dissection if your tumor is 2 centimeters or less, it's a lateral lesion, two centimeters from midline, there are no palpable groin nodes on exam, and histology is squamous. It's worth noting that there have been um, numerous observational studies in patients with early stage lateral vulvar cancers and found that, in, that unilateral lymph node dissection was associated with less than 3% risk of a contralateral groin node metastasis. And that's the reason 
that we have this selection criteria for unilateral lymph node evaluation. In GOG, two, in GOG 74, this um, was explored and noted that if tumors were less than 2 centimeters, the risk of a contralateral lymph node metastasis was 2.4%. If depth of invasion of the tumor was less than half a millimeter, the risk of a contralateral lymph node metastasis was 1.2%. Additional studies estimate the risk of a contralateral node positive in tumors under 2 centimeters to be less than 1%. And in yet another study, the overall risk was 1.8%, um, and actually zero if the tumor size was less than 2 centimeters and the depth of invasion was less than 5 millimeters. The boundaries of the inguinofemoral lymph node dissection are the femoral triangle. Superiorly, you have the inguinal lig ligament, laterally the sartorius muscle, and medially the adductor longus muscle. When performing groin, groin lymph node dissection, you incise 2 centimeters below the as-is to pubic tubercle line. You preserve your skin flap. You dissect upwards towards the inguinal ligament and take all the lymph node-bearing tissue along the lig inguinal ligament. You would ligate your superficial epigastric and su superficial circumflex vessels, dissect your lower flap, and if possible, conserve the saphenous vein to minimize lymphedema risk. 